You know a dream is like a river, ever changing as it flows. And a dream is just a vessel that must follow where it goes. Trying to learn from what's behind and never knowing what's in store makes each day a constant battle or just to stay between the show. Hello again, ladies and gentlemen. I am Maxwell Ivy, known around the world as the blind blogger. And this is the What's Your Excuse show, where we're going to challenge those excuses that are holding you back by bringing you interviews with people who have overcome adversity or difficult life circumstances, people who have struck out on their own and started unusual businesses, uh, experts who have life-tested advice that they can offer, and people who I just happen to find interesting, motivating, uh, or just somebody I would like to find out more about and have a conversation with, which was one of the great things about having a show. And you can find me at theblindblogger.net. I do want to invite you to visit my sponsors, uh, createmyvoice.com, Chip and Pam Edwards. Um, they're responsible for getting my blog and my podcast where you can find them on Alexa and Google. So you can say, uh, Alexa, play Create My Voice or Alexa, play The Blind Blogger or Alexa, play The What's Your Excuse Show on TuneIn. And the same with Google. You can go uh, Google Talk to Create My Voice, Google Talk to The Blind Blogger or Google Talk to The What's Your Excuse Show. And I'm uh, hoping I'm getting that right. And Chip says the most important thing now is invocations or the words I just used to tell you how to find me. Those are like your brand, your, your name, your address, just like your website or your blog address would be. And eventually those are all going to be claimed or most of them, or especially the good ones. And I guarantee the one you really wanted will probably be taken if you don't get after it. So talk to Chip about creating a brand. And then uh, Alex at needleshop.com. He's responsible for getting my logos out there on shirts and other merchandise. And if you have uh, a logo and you're looking to get your stuff out there, either for promotional purposes or maybe to make a few extra dollars, go check him out at neatoshop.com. So got all that done. Now, today I have a, a, a great friend of mine on the podcast. His name is Alex Sanfilippo. Thank goodness he's got a short first name because I'd hate to have to call him Mr. Sanfilippo. Um, I met him first at PodFest last March. We shared the stage at the Pizza Kucha. I enjoyed his talk. He enjoyed mine, came up afterwards and, and introduced himself, and we've really been great friends since. Um, he has, in my opinion, he's been a lifelong entrepreneur. He started his first business activity selling golf balls at the age of 12. He's uh, been in real estate. He started a tech company and sold it. He's been in aerospace in the corporate world for the last 10 years or so, but at the same time, He's been working as a business coach and a public speaker and trying to help as many people as he can who aspire to own and operate and grow a business. His latest project is the creating a brand, brand for a better way of talking about it. Um, he has the community where that he's, he's building to be a place where people like you and me can, can come and get ideas, answers, support each other. And he's also got a great podcast that I was fortunate enough to be a guest on. So he, you can find him at creatingabrand.com. Uh, Alex, thank you for coming on the show and welcome. Max, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for that great intro. That was, uh, I, I really appreciate it. I feel like I owe you something from that already. Well, we take cash credit. We don't take <laughs> bad checks anymore, but we will take cash or credit. All right, got it. 
but yeah, you are, you have become part of my family, man. So it's been a long time getting you on the show. Um, and I guess the first, the first question I would personally like to know the answer to, and that's where I'm trying to start nowadays is, um, were you always an entrepreneur? Were you the kind of person who had a lemonade stand at five before you did the golf balls at 12 or was your family business people? Where does this all come from? Yeah, for sure. First off, before I even start that, I got to say, I've been anticipating being on this show like all week, been thinking about it. I'm so excited to finally be here. So I am pumped to get into this conversation here. (laughs) Well, well, I will do my best to hold up my end. (laughs) So my background, um, you know, you know, what's funny. I didn't know I was an entrepreneur, even all through high school, through doing some schooling after that, even I, I would have never called myself an entrepreneur. That is more recent for me. However, I definitely was one and just didn't realize, um, my family, comes from a background of entrepreneurs. I would definitely say that my, my father started a business a few years before I was born that being very successful. He sold it many years after that. Also in the aerospace industry, I got in because of my last name. It helped me a lot when I was going interview. People were like, Oh, wait a second. You related to Andy Sanfilippo. So I was able to, uh, to get my foot in the door <laughs> at a very early age with that. However, so yeah, I come with a, you know, a background of entrepreneurship and yes, before I sold golf balls, I sold lemonade but i only did that maybe twice and then i had this realization I'm like there's like 10 other kids in the neighborhood selling lemonade i did the math like the profit margin we we're making I'm like we're selling it for a quarter each we're making this much i'm like this isn't worth our time and then that's when the golf ball idea came into play but we also sold lemonade on the side of our golf balls so <laughs> you know i think that's a, an important thing that most people most people get caught up in the labels and i've been having a lot of conversations with with other people and my, myself lately about words that we call ourselves or that we're afraid to call ourselves because I was talking to a woman yesterday who's into fashion, but she wasn't willing to call herself a fashion influencer. And I talked to the, the two ladies from 10 K dollar day last week. They weren't ready to call themselves uh, a, a franchise yet or, a, you know, so I think it's interesting that you mentioned that you were an entrepreneur, but you just didn't think of yourself in those terms until very recently. Yeah. You know, I'd say it's been over the last probably six, maybe seven years. And, you know, at that point I was in my, my mid to late twenties. And when I started realizing it, like, okay, I am this thing they're talking about an entrepreneur. Cause you know, when you look at the definition, I'm like, hold on a second. That's what I've been doing my whole life, you know, but I just never really thought of it that way. Yeah. Uh, and do you think that when you do things without thinking about what you're going to call it, does that make it less scary? I think it can, but at the same time, a little bit less intentional. So for me, now looking at my life, I think that if I would have told people in my early 20s, hey, I'm an entrepreneur, I know where I'm going, I know my direction, it probably would have accelerated my direction a lot quicker and kind of honing in on where I wanted to go. Uh, We got to call it what it is, right? I mean, and sometimes it's great to call it into existence. You can say, you know what, I do have a successful brand. I am a successful entrepreneur. But if you're just saying, no, I'm not really that, I'm not really that, it almost makes it sound like you're not serious, you know, and that's not necessarily for me. I didn't have that idea of like, oh, I'm not serious. I just didn't think of it. But I think now if I were to go back, I'd be far more intentional and in saying, you know what? I am an entrepreneur. I am going to succeed on this mission that I'm on. I'm going to help a lot of people in the process. So it sounds to me like what you're saying is, is that we have to be more willing to, to call ourselves what we are, even if we're not 100% sure but at the time, because it will make us more intentional and more likely to become that uh, that thing that we we are talking about or working towards, even if we aren't using the word. 
Absolutely. And, you know, I know this is probably not our main topic today, but it kind of comes down to... We do tangents big time here on What's Your Excuse, so go for it. (laughs) That's good. Um, You know, thinking about that same thing, it comes down to identity at some point, which in my mind is the most important thing that you can really develop in your life is your identity and discovering who you are. If you're afraid to call yourself what you are, where you are today, you might be lacking a little bit of identity. And sometimes we can call ourselves something that's so far in advance that again, we're not being true to ourselves. What's important for you to do is realize who you are right now and where you're going. Identity and purpose flow from that. That's really a deep conversation there. But uh, Max, I'll let you take over from here. Well, you know, it's you know, I, I've 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 openly admitted to this in the past that when I do these interviews, more often than not, um, I'm doing them for my benefit, or if not intentionally, I will have aha moments. But I'm sitting here thinking, you know, based on what you just said, I've been I haven't been very intentional in my life, even over the last 10 or 12 years, it's like, um, at some level, I may still be still be searching for what that thing is that I'm going to end up being, or just maybe a little bit of, of fear left in there that I'm af- maybe afraid to come out and say that I'm an influencer, or to say that I am a an inspiration or motivational, you know, the, the things that you and other people say about me all the time, I'd say maybe three quarters of the time I could say them but probably about the other 25% of the time, I wonder if they're true. So, you know, it's, it may be some deep stuff, but it's, it's got me thinking and I have to believe maybe it's getting some of the people who will listen to this thinking. Yeah. One thing that's really good for discovering this, because a lot of people, they just kind of wake up and they don't understand really who they are. Their identity is kind of lost. And I think we lose it to this idea of, of the American dream, right? That can actually be a bit of a, um, bit of a trap, if you will, because we kind of fit into a mold that says, this is how you should be. You know, you need to get, you need to grow up, go through school. You need to get a house. You need to get a car. You need to get a dog. You know, all these things that we're told, this is what you do in your life. And I always say this, people will take you all the way to your grave. They'll ask what's next until you die. You know, like, and it's really sad, but the truth is like, if you're really serious about living a life that you want to live, then you have to be willing to sit back and say, what am I supposed to do with my time? And maybe it doesn't fit the normal mold and that's okay. And calling yourself what you are is so important no matter what other people are going to think. And man, for me, yeah, a little bit of fear can, can come in there because you don't want to sound like a, uh, like somebody who, who's, you know, being cocky or like a guru or something like that. I get some people kind of get nervous about that. But the truth is you've got to be real with yourself with who you are. And then also if you're like, I don't know any of those things, the best thing you can do, the first course of action Ask the people that are closest to you what they think you're great at because they'll tell you honestly. Okay. Well, the people who I'm closest to, they disagree with me. They think I am all those things that I wonder about. So I'm good. (laughs) There you go. Exactly. But the truth is if people can really do that, if you're saying, man, I don't really know what I'm, you know, my identity or my purpose or anything like that. But if you really ask those people who are close to you and really mean it and say, can you really give me some things that you think I'm great at? Write them down and pursue them and see if you know what? this person's right. This is what I'm great at. The truth is the reason I discovered that I was actually entrepreneurial minded and that I made that discovery is because somebody told me I was, I was really close to somebody told me, man, Alex, you're like one of the best entrepreneurs I've ever met. First time I ever heard that in my life. I'm like, wait a second. Am I really, you know, and it was that discovery, that moment, it was through someone else's words. Cause sometimes we're so close to ourselves. We can't even tell who we are, but somebody else can see you and look at those strengths and say, Hey, I know who you are. I know where you're going and what you're capable of. Now, see, guys and men and women out there, listen to what he's saying, because y'all, for any of you that have been following my journey, you know that uh, it took people like Adrian Smith and Lorraine Regulie and Robin and, and Robin Hallett to say, you know, Max, you're more, there's more to you than a carnival uh, broker. There's, 
there's more to you than somebody that sells rides. And here's Alex, a guy who I trust me it, to it, compared to where I'm at, this guy is killing it. And um, he is telling us that he didn't believe he was an entrepreneur until somebody else that he trusted showed that to him. So if you have a circle and you're not listening to them, that's on you. If you don't have a circle, go out and start finding one. Try to try to find at least one person but after you listen to this. Try to find at least one person that you can go to and go, who am I? And be relatively certain they're going to tell you the truth and, and tell you exactly who you are. Absolutely. I think that one thing that I want to add to this is that here's the deal. You're the, you're very similar to the five closest people you hang out with. So who you spend your time with is who you're going to end up being like over time. Really think about that. Who's your tribe? Who's like your inner circle is people you spend your time with. If there are people that are bringing you down or the wrong direction, it's time to, to move on from that. You need to really figure out, okay, this is who I want to become. I want to be more like this. You need to get yourself around people like that. And I'm not saying like, you know, dump all your friends because you want to be more successful. So you want to find a bunch of rich people to hang around. You know, that's not how it works. It's more at a character level is what you want to look at. And if not at a character level, at least at a, an effort or an integrity level. People yes, who absolutely. also have goals and are taking steps towards achieving those goals are the types of people you want to be around. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. So, uh, like I said, I told you that sometimes the question I, the answer I get is better than the question I was going to ask. So we're already ahead of the game. So you, <laughs> uh, yeah. So you recently in the, like in the last five, six years realized you're an entrepreneur and then you started, uh, you, by this time you were probably, you were probably working in aerospace back in, in corporate. So what made you decide to start doing the coaching and what would you, what would you say is your style as far as coaching business people? Yeah. I, you know, it, I developed this style through aerospace. I am so thankful for what corporate America has helped me with. Cause I think a lot of people, we entrepreneurs, especially, we don't want to work a nine to five job, but the truth is every nine to five job that you can get anywhere at one point was a startup. At one point that was a side hustle. That was something that became a full-time thing. It's just one that has arrived. So the business I was in was really big on structures, on creating systems. And that's what my job ultimately ended up being. It was that, you know what, Alex, you are the systems guy, you're the strategy guy. You can build something that works and that people can follow. So I was responsible for that, for building the, and designing the ideas that we'd, we'd implement. So basically any system or structure you see within that aerospace organization where we were manufacturing parts going on an aircraft, which is extremely regulated, I was creating the process for it happening. So because of that, an organic flow was for me to start helping other people do that. So business coaching started off with me helping people strategize, thinking of a bigger picture and kind of sit back and say, okay, what, do we, what is it that we need to do? And then to systemize that, because the truth is, if you have a great idea, but no system in place to actually execute it, um, it's not very good, right? You've got to have a system there. Well, I tend to struggle against systems, but I'm, I'm implementing them slowly over time. I'm getting there, but I agree that they're valuable. I just sometimes have problems with the learning curve that's involved in creating the system the first time. Yeah. And you see, that's kind of where I come into play because it's a struggle for a lot of people. I'm one of the few people that it comes very natural to. The first thing I try to do when I develop something is create a system around it. It's the opposite of what 99% of people do, I would say. So like what you just said there, I mean, you have so many skills and talents. And when somebody comes alongside you, which you and I have gotten the chance to work together a little bit, I can help out a lot. Now, if you ask me to come up with the creative idea of how to, you know, how to make something like really a fun experience, something beautiful, that's what I'm going to sub out. I'm going to be like, hey, Max, can you help me with this? Because I'm going to give someone a box when they ask for something fun, you know? <laughs> really? 
I'm surprised because you strike me as somebody who would do fun well. Um, so <laughs> I like to have fun. I like to have fun. I, I believe other people are designing it. So yeah. 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 Okay. All right. So you start, and when you, when you started this coaching, did you, uh, did you start right away um, offering yourself uh, for, for a fee or did you start with people you knew or how did, how did you get started? Yeah. At first I was just helping out some, to get a little bit of experience, understand how it worked. I was just kind of helping out people that I had known that were more at a local level. And then this is around the time I started speaking as well. So what I was offering was to coach. So that's when I started charging. I started off relatively inexpensive and then worked my way up, um, which we can get into that a little bit more if we, if we want to, but uh, yeah. So at first it started off really uh, free for a few people. And then I moved into like a low rate and then just kind of worked my way into it from there. Yeah. Same, same with me with the online media work uh, started with free with some beta clients and then, you know, small fee and then, you know, now a little more money. And I, I think that's a, uh, that's a, it's good for people to hear that from you because, you know, at this point you are, um, there are going to be some people who are going to think, well, Alex sounds great, but I doubt I can afford to work with him kind of a situation. So uh, I think it's good though, that people, people realize that very few of us start out at a hundred dollars hour or $500 an hour, a thousand dollars an hour, whatever it is, you know? So, um, you started with, with uh, free and then some local clients. And how long do you think it took before you were starting to offer your services uh, over the internet to people all over the world? Um, it, it wasn't very long and most of it came through actually through speaking. So speaking worked really well. I didn't do any advertising and I wasn't too big with like pushing it online or anything like that. I mostly was, I was getting enough from actually speaking at conferences, the time that I had available for it. So I, I enjoyed that side, it came, it came very organic. Like I got to meet my client before I actually was charging anything. And plus I also got to add the value. So for me speaking first and then getting to have a conversation saying, Hey, let's do a follow-up. And they, they were really interested. It kind of already gave me that, um, that level of trust, I guess I should say with those individuals, they already said, you know what, Alex is somebody that I know I want to work with. He's already added the value. I've met him. And from there, it just kind of happened very organically. Right. And you keep bringing it, you, these last few questions, you're bringing it back to your speaking. So, um, what are some things that you can tell my listeners about uh, public speaking as far as if you're wanting to use that either to sell services or if you're wanting to do that as a paid speaker? What were some of the things you've learned in the, you know, the first few years that you were doing that? Yeah. Um, the more you pitch yourself, the more speaking engagements you'll get. That's the first thing I'm going to say. <laughs> um, you know, I, rec- I do recommend, you know, aiming for the top, go for the big ones as soon as you can. Um, yeah. but also start, be willing to start off local. My first speaking gig was at a local meetup group. And honestly, still to this day, I will go back once a year and speak at that group. Um, it's completely free. I'll never charge for it. And they're, they're always like, wow, Alex, you really want to come back to this group of 30 people? I'm like, yes, it's where I got my start. I want to make sure I'm adding value from, uh, continuous adding value. And, and here's the thing. So step one, pitch yourself as much as possible make sure your pitch is very precise. So you don't want to be, I'm good at all these things. You want to be say, you want to solve one problem. Basically you need to find what that conference is looking for and then solve that one issue, one issue and package it really well. And then just send out to as many people as you can. Here's, here's the deal. You don't have to use one speech one time for a long time. I was in the, the word camp circuit. So WordPress conferences and I right. came up with six talks a year and I'd pitch it to 30 different word camps. And guess what? A handful of them were interested. And here's, I was doing, similar talks every time. So the speech I'd give was almost the same thing. I I'd, I'd tweak it a little bit, but it's not the same audience. So it's adding right. value to multiple people and something I'm getting better and better at. Right. And with the WordCamp, even among WordPress users, 
you could give the exact same talk to a, to a committee looking for the exact same talk and have a totally different response because their audiences vary from city to city across the country. Very true, yes. And the other thing I think that kind of gets in the way of some people is they, they, they get to that box that says, have you ever given this talk before? And they, have to, <laughs> they, and they have to click yes. Well, I'm of the opinion you click no because you've really never given that exact talk before. That's my personal opinion. If any of the speaking organizers are listening, I'm sorry, but okay. Uh, <laughs> Either way works for me. You know, it, I don't think it makes, I, I don't know necessarily what people are looking for. To me, if I were organizing an event and you said you had given a talk before, it might almost be more valuable because I'd say, okay, he's probably, you know, Maxwell's probably well-versed in it. But if you say no, then I guess it's original content. I can see either side, but regardless, I don't think that's necessarily something that people are looking at too much. What they're looking at is what value is this person going to bring to the audience we're going to have at this conference? Yeah, and I'm glad you answered the question the way you did because that is a dilemma that you have because you're trying to figure out which answer do they want me to give? Uh, right. Are they, are they not, are they seeking unique content or are they seeking an experienced speaker? And um, with WordCamp, since they encourage uh, first-time speakers, you really just don't know. Um, <clears throat> now, and you said uh, make it a really um, precise pitch to the conference as far as what you believe that they're wanting. Yeah, I think it's really important. Like, get the title right. Spend some time on it. Don't just put it together and, you know, don't say, like, a talk, talk about – if we're going to go with the word, the word camp ones, I'd always talk about blogging. So you don't want to say like, I talk about blogging. I'd always like one I did last year that worked really well was um, how to win as a blogger and reach your goals in 2019. And they ate it up. I mean, every, every, they probably didn't even read the rest of it. They're just like, yeah. I <laughs> one of them literally said with a title like that, yes, we a hundred percent want you. That was their response. I don't even think they knew what it was about, but the title was, was right. So it's really, again, it's all about for them to be able to see the value, but then here's the deal. Let, let's say you land the speaking gig it is all about adding value. Last time I went to, again, sticking with the WordCamp, I speak outside of WordCamps as well, but last time I went to one, I didn't even mention what I do in it. I mentioned my name in the beginning. I didn't mention anything else. All I did was add as much value as I could for 45 minutes. I started my talk off of saying that. I said, my goal in this talk is to add as much valuable, uh, valuable information for you as I possibly can. And not to be conceited at all, but I got they rate that, that it was a bigger WordCamp and they rate all the, the speakers. And I got more ratings than anybody else, including Keynote. And I had a line of people waiting to talk to me. They're like, what do you do? Like, how can I work with you? That type of thing. So it was a really cool experience. But all I did was focus on adding the value to people. And that's always what our minds got to be. It can't be, I can't wait to push this product. I can't wait to talk about my new service. It's got to be, hey, how can I benefit other people today? Well, I couldn't agree with you more about that. And now you've got me wondering, I'm gonna have to go back and look at my last WordCamp talk because I was so sick after it was over with. I didn't even bother to go check and see if they rated my talk or not. Um, <laughs> I was just happy to get my butt back on the train and be headed back home to Houston. So, uh, but another thing I noticed about WordCamp, and I think this is probably pretty common with the bigger conferences, is um, they'll have a they'll have a green room. They'll have an area for the other speakers to interact, and that could be a great place to not only to network, not only to find out about about other conferences, but you know, just to make those personal connections and see if they don't possibly lead to opportunities to help each other down the road. I couldn't agree more. Actually, that's one of my biggest things that I do at conferences. I, I love speaking at them. 
I love networking, but nothing beats the speaker lounge if they have one, you know? Uh, that's the first place I want to go. I want to meet as many people as I possibly can. That networking is so valuable. I mean, a handful of my guests on my podcast have come from that type of introduction I've had, being like, oh, you're a speaker too, let's talk. Because you automatically have like a, a connection that you're not going to have with just anybody else at the conference. It's that, hey, we're both speakers, we're both here to add value. And that's usually, you'll find that can be your tribe pretty often if, if that's, the, you know, you're in the speaking world. But yeah, I spend a lot of time at all conferences networking as much as I possibly can. All right. And another thing, I think me and you both, well, I learned that you were probably just reminded of it. And who knows, you may have, you may have known it going in is um, when we pitch an event, there's nothing wrong with the event organizer going, you know, you sound like you'd be a great speaker, but we don't have a, we don't have a big stage ready for you yet, but we do have a smaller stage ready for you. And would you like to give a talk? And, you know, of course, that's how I met you was at the Pichu Kucha thing last year where I wanted to do a breakout session. And they were like, no, we think you need to do the Pichu Kucha. So, uh, you know, talk about that as far as, as being being willing to ex- maybe accept less than what you were hoping for in some situations. Never despise humble beginnings is something that I have truly learned. A humble beginning is the most beautiful thing. Um, I'm, you know, you know me, Max, I'm, I'm a man of faith. So I, I read a proverb every day from the scriptures. And one of them talks about how it says the Lord, um, the Lord admires and appreciates the, the small, humble beginnings. And I think for us, we have to be willing to have that humble beginning. And here's the deal. Sometimes I'll pitch these, these conferences and at the level I'm at now, I, I can, I can sometimes get keynotes. I can usually get a main stage. But sometimes it doesn't happen. At the end of the day, we have to remember that it's not about that. If we make it about us just getting to the top as fast as we can, I, I think that we just have the wrong heart in it. At the end of the day, if somebody gives me a small stage or a table full of people, I'm going to be just as happy because I think the biggest thing you have to remind yourself when you're talking, when you're podcasting, anything you're doing, you have to remember, if you can do for one person what you wish you can do for all, then it's a win. So for me, if I help one person today, then it is a win for me. I don't need to talk to the masses. I don't need all that. I just need to say, you know what? I did everything I could for one person today. And honestly, no one can ever expect anything more of you. And if you go into everything with that mindset, man, I find it's just so much more fulfilling no matter what you do. That's got me rethinking some of this. Um, One of my favorite talks was for a group of 13 people. And yet when I send out pitches where they ask for a video, I don't always think to put that one in first. So, you you know, that's something I'm going to have to definitely start sharing more because I enjoyed it and they enjoyed it. Uh, A lot of value was offered. So, and you mentioned, you mentioned the Bible being somebody who's of faith. I'm also a person of faith. And I like to, I like to think about the, uh, the expression concerning how um, if if we can't be trusted with the little, we can't be trusted with the great. So, Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's very good to hear, but, you know, I agree with you. A lot of people are so focused on that end goal of, of either speaking on stages where they can get hired for large amounts of money or, or being, paid the, being paid the speaker's fees and also having the, uh, the accommodations that go with the fees, and they really forget about the, the, the experience along the way and adding value. So. Yeah, you know, we live in a numbers-driven culture. I mean, if you think about social media, it's kind of further developed that within our minds. We, well, how many likes does this person get? How many follows do they have? <laughs> I think the first thing a lot of speakers do in the room subconsciously is they count the room. They're like, okay, there's probably about 200 people in here. You know, like, I, I think it can, be a, it can be a negative. I mean, at the end of the day, that was never our, 
that shouldn't show anything about somebody's worth or the value that they have. Like at the end of the day, again, like I keep on repeating this, but it's all about adding value to that one person. Um, and if we look too much at the numbers, man, it's just, it's a bad idea to really get into that. I mean, think about it, man. If, if you could have an audience of a million people, and I'm going to give an example real quick. There was this person on Instagram, as I was just talking about it. Um, she's going to remain nameless. I, I don't know her personally, but she had over a million followers. She wasn't famous at all. She was just great at, at Instagram and a lot of people were following her. It, it always kind of made her more and more prideful. When she finally released a product, she sold 17 of them. Yeah, we're talking about the lady who had uh, over a million followers and only sold 17 shirts. Yeah, okay, so you know the story. Yeah. I know this. Yeah, <laughs> people come up to me and they ask me about it because they know that I'm kind of in that business. So they're like, Max, have you heard about this story yet? And I'm like, no, I haven't. But uh, So it gives them the opportunity to tell it to me again. But yes, it's it's crazy that she, she um, basically, um, as they say, bought into the headline and started seeing the number of people following her as a, as a representation of her, her value online. And it was turned out to be a little overinflated. Yeah. And here's the deal. If only 17 people bought, you don't have like a super loyal audience at that point. But imagine if you just had 50 people following on there and you post something saying, Hey, I could really use help moving today. And all 50 people showed up. That to me is more successful than somebody with a, a million, you know, numbers on there, if you will. That, that doesn't really have any influence with it. But again, if you had that small number, but every single one of them is willing to do something for you, man, that, that has so much more value and that goes so much deeper. That actually happened to me a year and a half ago in New York when I was sick. I also ended up broke and I appealed on to, to, my, to my community about getting some help. And one person provided me with a train ticket and the other person provided me with a room to stay for the night and, and even put some money on the room service account so I could eat that day. And, you know, that's the, that's the case. My network is not, you know, hundreds of thousands or millions, but when I really needed somebody to help, they were there. And so I definitely agree with your, with your point and your take on it. Um, now you've been doing the speaking. <clears throat> what are, uh, what are the usual uh, topics that you tend to be asked to speak on or that you fit yourself to speak on? Besides yes. the work camp. Yeah, it started off, um, it, that's where it started, was um, WordPress meetups, WordCamp, and things like that. And it was always about content creation. So I've always been um, gifted when it comes to creating content. SEO came very natural as well. Um, so those type of things are where it began. In more recent years, it's moved into entrepreneurship, side hustles and things like that, how to create companies is what I've been doing. And the most recent trend, I'd say, is more into the motivational side of things, which I'm really excited about. Um, cause I love inspiring and helping people in that way. So it's going to be more of, you'll see more of me doing things like high achievement and how to get the most out of your life and things like that, which I'm really excited to see it. You know, my, my journey just continue to transition into that, but yeah, it all started from giving a little blogging talk to some really dorky SEO talks, <laughs> um, search engine optimization is what SEO stands for. Um, right. and then, yeah. And then into some, some more like side hustles, how to develop a business, the system side of things, culture side of things. And now into really adding some value at a personal level saying, this is how you achieve more with your life and how you live a life that you love. Yeah. And, um, this, this year, um, one of the events for WordCamp is going to be here in Houston. It's, I think it's a 10th anniversary or 12th anniversary or something. I, when I was reading the press, the press release for it, I realized that um, as a Houstonian, I should know this, that the WordPress started in Houston, Texas, that the first build of that software was, was written here and then shipped off to somewhere else to be released. 
Oh, I didn't know that. Wow. Okay. I did not know it either until I was reading the form so I could submit a pitch to it for Nick for this summer. So, and you know, as Texans, we love bragging on stuff. So for, oh, me, I know. for me not to know something <laughs> like that, you know, that's a shock. I mean, um, and especially as much as I appreciate WordPress, because I used to have to do the, the HTML thing for my website. So mm -hmm. I really should have known that. Okay. So it's nice to see your progression as the, in the, in the public speaking, as well as in coaching and, it is a great reminder that none of this stuff usually comes overnight or without effort and struggles. So um, I'm just, just to remind y'all, I'm talking with Alex Sanfilippo. He's a lifelong entrepreneur, business coach, and now, now runs the Creating a Brand community and Creating a Brand podcast. And you can find him at creatingabrand.com. So let's talk a little bit about where the idea came from for the community and what you really hope people could get out of the community this is my favorite topic as you can imagine so oh yeah uh you know what so going back to the coaching thing i don't i have not been coaching the way that i used to i'll, I'll do very little of it at this point and the reason for that is is i began growing coaching clientele it, it's time for dollars so an hour of my time for some of your dollars that's basically the way it would work so there was only right. so much time in a day it was always one-on-one -on -one. as much as i enjoyed it i realized I actually can remember one day waking up after doing a couple coaching calls the night before and just kind of like staring out the window. I was like, look, it was a nice day. I was just staring out the window and my wife was like, Hey, what's, what's up? What are you doing? I'm like, I just don't feel like I'm reaching the people that I'm desiring to reach anymore. And she had me explain. And basically what I meant by that is I was having to charge a certain amount because that's just the way it works. Yeah. And I wasn't, I was helping businesses and people that were really established and that's great and all. But in the, the day, my heart's always longed more toward the people that are wanting to get started or that are just getting started or don't even know what their next step is. Yes. And that's always kind of what I've looked at. And I'm like, you know what, how do I get to that? Because that's what I want to do. And a lot of them don't have a, a budget for it, or maybe they can't see the value in it yet, which I understand. Like I didn't pay for coaching until much later in my career because I didn't <laughs> see the value of it, but it's extremely valuable. Um, however, you know, if you're just getting started, you don't know if you're just like, I just need a, a website or I just need a logo or I just need to know how to file for an LLC, you know, like all these different things yes. that people have in their minds you know, that's who I wanted to help because I know that that's where I'm able to have the most value. So because of that, that's where the creating a brand community came into play. I decided to make a closed membership website. So it is not open to the public. It's a paid membership, but it's much less than what you would charge for me one-on-one. -on -one. And my goal with it is, I've always said, is I give 110% to anybody who is a member of that community. And then we're all going to help each other because you know how it goes when you, you charge, you kind of bring in your tribe you get some like-minded people. And I'll tell you what, some people can add some serious value to the lives of other people when you get them around just that right tribe. Yeah. And, uh, and with, with that said, like you bring around that right tribe and man, that, that's just what I, I love to do. So I, I kind of put the coaching thing aside and now I'm just full-time focused in helping the community and just doing everything I can to add value there. So again, it's a closed community, but um, you know, you, you pay a membership subscription and then you're part of it. And then you have unlimited <laughs> access to me, to anything else we talk about, any of the online courses, any of the groups. Um, and like I said, hundred percent access to all those things. Um, meaning I, there's no upcharge. So for me, that's actually my only product with creating a brand. There is only one, one thing I offer. And people always ask me like, well, what if you wanted to like add this or have like an upsell on this? I'm like, I don't want to do that. All I want to do is help people. And this is the audience that I know I'm supposed to be helping. So it's at the right dollar amount. It's helping the right people right now. Yeah. And I'm going to, I'm going to help you out here a little bit. I've been a member since appearing on this podcast uh, last year. 
And I will say that the uh, the amount he charges to be member a member of a, of a group that's disqualified and talented combined, other people would be charging you more money to start with, and then they would have upsells. Like he's, I think what about once a month he drops a new online course, and that online course doesn't cost me anything. Um, if he's going to have a live event online, that's not going to cost me anything. And as I've mentioned on Twitter several times now. The quality of the people that I've met and the advice and suggestions I've already received have been more than worth what you're charging people to be there. Yeah, thanks for that, Max. Appreciate it. Oh, yeah. I definitely believe in showing gratitude and supporting people who are providing a good service, especially if I'm personally benefiting from it, which I am. So I really appreciate the community. And um, now it's, it's got a different website. So how do people find the community or can they find it straight from the creating a brand site? Yeah, straight from creating a brand. Every link will take you there. Um, actually on that website though, there's also, cause again, I'm a value adder. There's free courses on there that I don't even require your email address. I have six of them that are completely 100% free. You can just click on them by going to creatingabrand.com slash courses. Uh, there's six of them right now. I think a couple of them are full, but the rest of them are, but it doesn't require a login or anything. You can just go take those, but all the other links on the website will take you to joining the community. And no matter how you join, if you join through a course, you're getting access to all of them. So you're paying for one, you're paying for them all. Basically if you join the community you have access to everything. And that's again, Max, as you know, like that, that's just the way that I like to do business. That's what I believe in. Some people think it's crazy, but um, it, you know what? I'm, I'm here to help. So <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, crazy is only crazy until it's proven to work. Then that it's is genius. true. Yes, it is right. genius. And and I do love what you do. I mean, there are. I mean, I I can't remember the last time I visited. A, I signed up for a course. Or excuse me, that I wanted to take a course that I wasn't required to sign up for it, whether I wanted to or not. And then have you know a month or two months or three months later have to find that stupid unsubscribe button in their email list to get off the <laughs> list that I signed up to for a course that maybe I took, maybe I didn't take, maybe I learned something, maybe I didn't. Because, you know, everybody knows once, once you get them subscribed, very few people unsubscribe. So it was, but to have a situation where, you know, you don't even require an email address for people to take those courses. That's, you know, I, 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 I know you said it's crazy, but like I say, it'll be, when it's proven to work, it'll be genius. Um, doing something that's unique, that's different when everybody else is, is doing, you know, can always have an impact. And I'm guessing the fact that you're still here, you're still showing up in the, and you're still d- developing content for the creating a brand platform means that it is working. Yeah, it's worked good for me because here's the thing. It, it, here's the way I'm going to describe it. Basically, we, we all talk about free giveaways. Every marketer or person will be like, have a free, you know, top of the funnel free giveaway. But I don't yes. think we start it truly free because asking for somebody's email address before you give them something isn't free. It's still going to cost them something. It's going to cost their email address and then a bunch of emails they don't want to get. Right. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And so I found that it's like, Hey, it's someone gave me this example. Actually, I interviewed recently, um, John Meerman Scott. Um, he does business mastery with Tony Robbins. Um, and also is the author of, um, the new rules for marketing and PR, which is like a legendary book. So he helped like write the book on marketing, right? Like the whole idea of it. And he talked about, he used this example of giving something away completely for free. He's like, you know, the way we're doing it right now is like going to a bar and, you know, meeting a girl, a girl comes up to you. She wants to talk to you. And like, you start having a conversation, but instead of just being like, yeah, let me buy you a drink. It says, Hey, can I um, look at your bank account? And then I'll, uh, then I'll buy you a drink. (laughs) That's kind of like the step we take. We jump way too far ahead and we're like, okay, give me your, give me something and then I'll give you something. But completely free is a different concept. 
um, that many people have heard. And some marketing people are like, man, you can't be giving stuff away for free because no one's ever going to come back or sign up. But the truth is, if you add value to people's lives, they're going to come back. And for me, I want to show the way that I am within the creating a brand community outside of it as well. I want people to look at this as almost like a preview. Like the, the thing is, I'm again, I'm an open book. I'm here to help. Um, I don't mean to like devalue a product by giving something away for free, but I, I do want to add that initial value. And of course, at the bottom of the courses, I have something you can sign up for to continue to learn more and that will bring you into the community. But I think having something completely for free is a big win and very few brands are utilizing that right now, but the ones that are understanding it are really taking it very far. Well, you make me feel a little encouraged because in 2014, when I released my first book, uh, I included my email address with the book and told the people who read it that they should they should email me and report to me on their progress through the exercises in the book. And people called me crazy then. So I feel a little encouraged hearing you explain how this is not only working, but it's being proposed and, and advocated for by some of the, the biggest names in marketing these days. So that, Yeah, it's called being an innovator, Max. You're years ahead of all of us. <laughs> yeah, but I didn't know it. <laughs> yeah. I didn't understand it. That's how, that's how I do everything. I don't know what I'm doing until I've done it, man. That's, that's part of my, part of my brand and part of my failing. You know, I really, uh, I generally don't know what I've done until I'm halfway through it at least. I love it. But here's the thing that the key there is that you're actually doing like you're, you're doing something. I think a lot of people want to wait until they, until they feel like they really know or mastered something. If the people that just jump out there and go for it, they're the people that make it happen. So Max, you are a go-getter. You're someone who's making it happen. Well, I appreciate that. And uh, you've mentioned the podcast a couple of times. Why don't you tell people more about what the podcast is and isn't and what they can expect from the people you have on the show? Yeah, for sure. I, I love podcasting. So I, I launched this whole thing on July 2nd, 2019. I launched the community and the podcast at the same time. The podcast or the community was in beta for a while. Like we didn't, we didn't mass announce it or anything like that, just to kind of get the, get our feet wet with it, you know, but yeah. the, uh, the podcast we launched at that point and um, man, it did really well. I'm so thankful for it. It hit top 20 um, business podcast. It hit um, sorry, top 100 business podcast, top 20 entrepreneurship podcast, and even hit the top charts for a little bit. Featured by Apple, crushed it. I was so excited about it. Um, I will say we put the work in. We work really hard on it. A lot of people are like, man, that was an overnight success. But here's the thing. I tell people, you didn't look at the year that I put in before I actually launched it. There was a behind the scenes that happened. It was actually about eight months before I launched. I, wor I worked for eight months and never had anything to show for it. But that was building the episodes, building the structure, all of that. So when we launched it, it did really well. But the actual format of the show, I'll get into that. It's just interviews. So it is me talking to other people that are entrepreneurial minded or business minded of some sort, or even just self-development minded. Um, and I'm just talking to people, help having them just share their wisdom. And Max, kind of like you, I think we've talked about this before. I feel like it's free coaching for me. Like I'm not paying for it, but I'm learning so <laughs> much from each of these guests that I have. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. It's free coaching. It's also free energy because you hang around these people, you know, you mentioned it earlier. Who do you hang around with? You know, you hang around these 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 top um, business successes and experts, and you know you can't help but uh, but feel a little bit a little bit of their success, a little bit of their energy run, rub off on you. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like today, perfect example. Earlier today, I interviewed um, JLD, Entrepreneur on Fire. Um, he was my interview this afternoon. That guy has got so much energy, you know, like interviewing with him. Like I get off, I'm like, man, I'm fired up, you know, like <laughs> fired up. And there's just tons of wisdom. It's, it's, it, you know, people pay to, to have a conversation with JLD. You are paying thousands of dollars to talk to him. 
So the fact that I got to do a podcast episode, episode with them where I didn't pay thousands of dollars <laughs> is a huge win. And then for my audiences as well, because now everyone's going to get to hear this wisdom that he usually charges people thousands of dollars for. And that's kind of the way that I do this whole podcast. And again, I believe that ultimately each of us is the brand. So I say it's for entrepreneurs, but truthfully, it's for anybody who wants to take themselves further. So we do a lot of self-development. We have an episode on, on interdependence. Max, that's the one you and I did, which is one of my yeah. favorites. So we talked about the importance of interdependence in your life. We did one on sleep. We've done so many on that type of thing. And then we've gotten into some business stuff, like how to use video to grow your brand, how to use podcasting to grow your brand, all these different types of things. The whole idea is to help you go further faster while saving you time and money. That is our ultimate goal there. Yeah. So a couple of things. Um, we started our, you started your podcast on this, uh, July 2nd. I think you said, I right. relaunched my podcast on, on July 1st. Um, you put eight months of, of sweat and, and, and tears and thought into starting yours. I basically just started mine by the seat of my pants. <laughs> um, yours is in the top, got into the top hundred and got uh, promoted by, by, uh, iTunes. Mine made it into the top thousand and hasn't been promoted by anybody, but we are, but both of us are making progress, having fun and showing different levels of success based on the fact that we're both taking action, even if it's different types of action based on our different levels of, of ability and our different styles as far as how we approach problems. I couldn't agree more. I mean, I love that. I love that you beat me by one day. I think that's sweet. I didn't realize it was <laughs> one day, but you know, we, we both, we have a mutual friend, Chris Kermensos. And oh, yeah. recently um, published a book called Start Ugly. Okay. And yeah, in his book, it, it's phenomenal. I've read it. Um, I got the opportunity to interview him about it as well. And the whole concept is just get started. Like stop, you know, just kind of beating around the bush. Like actually just go do something. And, you know, it's however it fits your personality. Me being a planner, I knew that I said that launch date in January. I knew, hey, we're launching July 2nd. So I went for it. And that's, that was my Start Ugly. I was like, all right, here's what we're going to do. Here's, here's how we're going to build it. For you, you, the way that your mind works, Max, is you just went for it, which I admire beyond belief to just do. That takes a lot of courage and just being able to say, hey, I'm confident in what I'm going to be able to do because you're a guy who knows where you're going. Um, but at the end of the day, it's for all of us, the people that sit around year after year that have run into it, all these conferences, I've seen some people for two and three years saying the same thing. Oh, yeah, I'm about to finally launch. And for me, I'm like, would you just press that publish button or hit that live button and just, just do it? <laughs> Okay, for those of y'all who don't know, I've got to explain why I'm laughing. Um, my first public talk with a microphone in my hand was called Just Press Send. And it was given <laughs> to a group of, of people at a conference called DreamCon. And since then, I've given a talk called Just Press Publish. Don't let fear keep you from your dreams. So he's like, just go ahead and press it already. I'm like, yeah. Um I guess I'm going to have to read Chris's book now because it does sound like we have a lot in common. And, and also um, it sounds like he, I could probably get some ideas for, for motivating the new podcasters at PodFest this year, which uh, I don't guess it would hurt us to mention. Um, you don't have to know that you don't happen to know the website for PodFest, do you? I just think it's podfestmultimediaexpo.com. Okay. If you just Google PodFest, it's going to come up first now though. They've, they've built it up pretty well. Yeah. Yeah, it's an amazing event. Both of us, I think both, you're going to be speaking there again this year? I am. I'm excited that we're both speaking. Yeah, uh, both of us are going to be there again. I'm going to be at the school. You're going to be where? I have no idea. Somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I should probably check that. I mean, I got a couple yeah, of weeks. That might be a good idea. Um, yeah, but, uh, but, but yeah, we're both going to be at PodFest. Um, and there was somewhere I was going. Uh, but yeah, Chris Kermitz is a great guy. And um, it's, 
sounds like it sounds like a great book, which, like I said, I should read. Um, and you said, just go ahead and do it already. How how often have you run into that as a business coach? The, that people that you were working with would continually say they're going to do something they're about to and never do it. Did you ever, ever yeah. come up with a good way to get them to actually take that action? No, and I'm all ears if somebody's got an idea. <laughs> um, you know, I, I had one, one client in particular, and um, this person will remain nameless, but I ended up telling them that I couldn't coach them anymore because they just weren't taking action. Every time we talked, they said it was so helpful, it was so good, but I felt more like a counselor than a coach. Okay. No, and I, because my, what I was telling them to do, I'm like, hey, what you have is, is good. Like, it's not the best in the world, but, you know, if you, if you wait for it to look like, like Nike – or like NFL standards or like any of these big brands, if you wait for it to look like Apple, like their branding and their logo and stuff like that, you are never going to press launch. I mean, if you look at some of these people, how they started, it looked terrible. Like these big brands that we all love. If you go back to their original design and even slogans and stuff, you're like, oh, what were they thinking? But they, they realized the key, which is just to get started. So some of these people I was coaching, one in particular, I finally had to say, I'm not taking your money anymore. I'm sorry. Like I, I, can't, I can't help you unless you're willing to press send as you're saying it like you've got yeah. to be willing to press that button yeah yeah well now i i come from the carnival world and i still help occasionally help people sell used rides and one of the one of the more successful american amusement equipment builders and i'm not going to mention his name but he's from the midwest when he took his first ride to the first trade show to sell it to, uh, to other carnival owners they had to push it off the trailer um the ride did not actually work, but he uh, he managed to convince at least two or three people that the that when it went into production, it would run. But I mean, if you look at his first experience at a trade show, like how did he ever last one year, much less forty <laughs> years later? But uh, you know, sometimes that is just the way it is. It's uh, there's pe people will be at least a little bit think a little bit differently if you actually showed up and took some sort of an action. Is all I can figure with him. Yeah, here's the deal. I think that, you know, using your terminology here, what's your excuse? I think a lot of people's excuse is they're, they're afraid of the lashback that's going to come from it. They're afraid that it's going to disappoint somebody they know or somebody's going to judge them for what they're producing or someone's not going to like it. And man, those, that's all real. I mean, those are feelings that we all have to deal with. It's the cost of being successful and actually launching something. You're going to get criticized a lot. You're going to get a lot of pain from it. But this goes back to probably my main point that I have in life, Max, and you know this, like community is key and having those right people in your life to build you up when everyone else is tearing you down. I mean, there's more trolls on the internet than ever. When you have that right tribe though, in your corner saying, you're doing good, keep on going. Here's how I can help. Here's, let me help promote this for you, push this for you. And just having that type of person in your corner is so much more valuable than anything else you can do when you're launching because it's going to get rid of the naysayers. So people are like, oh, someone else is already doing that or that idea will never work or I think this looks stupid or you did the wrong colors on your website or your product's <laughs> you know, outdated, like whatever it is. We have those right yeah. in your corner saying, no, let's, let's help you. Let's continue moving forward. When you have that, man, that voice is so helpful. And honestly, to me, I've learned that just having people around for that voice is worth its weight in gold. Well, I couldn't agree with you more about that as far as the positive voices. Um, I'm going to preface this by saying I do not want a troller or a hater, but I've been very blessed not to have not to have had any or very many of them. And and usually when I do have somebody, uh, usually somebody in my community will uh, will will correct them before I have to. But it is there. There are going to be those people because. The, the, the most important thing you have to do if you're starting a business or if you're starting a blog or you're writing, whatever it is, 
the most important thing you have to do first is you ha- you're doing something that the people who know you best have never seen you do before and will generally assume that you either can't do or that you will screw it up. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're dead on right there, man. I don't even have anything to add to that. You're exactly right. Wow. Um, all right. So I want to go back to something. I know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask anyway, because I think it might help some people who are aspiring to do a podcast. How do you get John Lee Dumas to come on your show? <laughs> I guess I shouldn't have mentioned that today, huh? Um, well, you can use You can pick another person as an example. I mean, I mean, I know the answer. The answer is you ask these people in a sincere, humble way and, and show them how being on your show will add, will add value to what they're trying to do. And also it helps if you're reaching out to people who, who have a reputation of wanting to share their information and add value. But, you know, so you can pick a different example if you want, but in general, how do you get people like John Lee Dumas to come on your podcast? Yeah. So for me, it all comes down to, okay, all these people, they get pitches all the time. People are always like, Hey, I should be on your podcast or you should be on mine with no yeah, explanation I do that all the time. Yeah. You know, but well, no, no, you give an explanation. <laughs> Some people are just like, I should be on your podcast. I actually had somebody recently uh-huh. tell me, tell me that she, she reached out to me on LinkedIn um, nameless person, like everyone I'm talking about today. Um, yeah. And she's like, Hey, I'd like to be on your podcast. And you know, I, usually I don't even respond, but I was like, eh, whatever, I'll, I'll say something. So I was like, okay. I'm like, what do you want to talk about? I'm not sure. What do you think? I didn't oh even respond. To that. I, I didn't respond. I'm like, what? no, you're not gonna be on my podcast. Like everyone who's on there is like a focused person. So here's the deal. I, I'm still at the phase, you know, I believe all podcasts hit a point where you're no longer the one looking for guests. I've had to hustle for the majority of mine, not all of them, but most of them had to, to hustle for. So um, perfect example, uh, you know, I'll go with John Lee Dumas because that one has an interesting story. So I was at a conference, you, you know, what? it's actually, it was PodFest last year. He was one of the speakers. Am I right? Yeah. He was one of the keynote speakers. Yeah. He okay. was also the subject of the roast. Yeah. Right. I didn't uh, go to that. An okay. event that I'm still not sure I was old enough to attend, but yes, he was there. I, I didn't go to it. Don't worry. Um, I knew I wasn't old enough, so I did not go. Um, uh, okay. So yeah, it was my, PodFest. My sighted guide was going, so I went. Okay. Nice. Um, so anyway, when I was there, I was at a, um, they did like this huge networking thing where there's a thousand people in the room and everyone oh, yeah, kind of gets, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, they, they, get, they, put eight, they put eight people at the table and then they kept rotating and rotating around to try to have as many of us meet as many as possible. And then we ha- all had to answer, uh, you know, short open-ended questions to, to share with each, each person at the table. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. It was actually super powerful. It was fantastic. I, I loved it. Anyway, I got assigned a table leader. When you're randomly walking in, you just get a card. And I just happened to land the table leader card. So I sit down. I'm like, okay, this is my table. It's the first group. We got five minutes before we start. So I start talking to them. And behind me, somebody screams. I'm going to back up from the mic a little bit. He just goes, table 23. And I was like, in my mind, I come from a background in church. And when I heard someone scream table 23, I was like, I got a crazy. Like, there's going to be a crazy at my table. (laughs) I can't believe that I was the one that got landed, this person. I turn around. I'm like, whoa, it's John Lee Dumas entrepreneur on fire. I was like, JLD, what's up, man? He's like, Hey buddy. And, you know, sat down right next to me. We talked for a few minutes. Anyway, um, him being John Lee Dumas looked at his, his card. He's like, Oh, I'm not the table leader. I was like, no, nah, man, I got that. <laughs> I was like, I got that table leader status. And he's like, Oh man. He's like, I want that. I'm like, well, you're not getting it for me. You better go somewhere else. And then he just laughed and we started talking about it. Anyway, about five minutes go by. We're about to start. I'm like, you know what, man? I'm like, here, you're the table leader. And he's like, are you serious, man? I was like, yep. He's like, Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. I'm like, you're going to owe me one at some point. You realize that, right? And he just laughed. He's like, all right, whatever you say, man. So we ended up connecting a few more times over the conference, actually um, hanging out for a little bit and things like that. And I just told him like, Hey man, like 
I'd love for you to be on my podcast. If you believe you can add value, let me go ahead and because at this point I hadn't launched yet. I'm like, let me get this thing launched and get it to where it needs to go. And then I'll reach out to you. So he gave me his email address, gave me his direct contact. And uh, months later, I reached out to him and we, you know, here we are nearly a year later, but it was the right time. And I was like, Hey man, let's, let's get you on. And then he came on. So for me, it was about building that relationship, but also showing where the value add was going to be. So I was able to say, I, I didn't just say, Hey, I want you on my podcast because you're going to help it grow. No, I said, Hey, wait until <laughs> I have the audience. that's going to value from what you say. When I reached out to him to say, I was ready for him to be on the podcast. I had a very specific thing I wanted him to talk about. I'm like, here is what I, I want my audience to hear from you. And because of that, he was more than willing to jump on with me. Well, can I guess that the one thing you wanted to talk about was uh, knowing your avatar or knowing your Jimmy? <laughs> no, actually, no, actually it wasn't. Um, we talked about uh, basically three tips for people to become successful in their entrepreneurial journey. So I had three things I want, I, that I picked out that I've heard him talk about. That I said, I want you to talk about these three things. I think he was very grateful because most people just jump on and he can do it. He, he's been on thousands of podcasts. If you just say, hey, go for it, he'll, he'll go and it'll make sense. But the fact that I was so like, hey, this is going to be the title. These are things I want you to mention because I know it's going to add the most value. He was really appreciative of that. Yeah. So um, in, in the beginning, you know, you can, you can ask a lot of people, but when it comes to asking people like John Lee Dumas, then you really have to think about how are you going to, how are you going to add value to their life as a result of them being on your podcast? And then the other thing is you didn't ask him to marry you the first time you met him. You know, y'all, Y'all had some fun, made a joke, shared some laughs, hung out at a table where there was going to be networking going on anyway, which is great because then you don't have the whole awkward thing about do I talk to John Lee Dumas or not. And um, that's something I'm going to have to I'm gonna have to address with my sighted guide this year is, look, I don't care if you're starstruck, I'm not. So if, wherever the famous <laughs> people is, we want to meet them, you know. Right. <laughs> You know, something else you can do, because not everyone has the opportunity like you and me, we're both speakers, so we get the opportunity to meet all these people or share a speaker lounge with them and things like that. But if you don't have that and you're saying, I still want to land certain guests, particular people, you got to do something different than everyone else is doing. Because you got to think about it. All these people, they're getting a lot of people sending them emails saying, hey, I want you on my podcast. Um, and being specific is helpful. Having an idea is helpful. What I found is nothing beats a video pitch. Or really? audio, either one. If you actually send them a video of you saying, hey, I'm a huge fan and you know, here's a few things I like that you do, being very specific so they understand, hey, this person actually knows who I am. And then at the end of it saying, I'd love for you to be a guest on my podcast. And leaving a little pause in there, I recently did that for, um, actually, it's my favorite YouTube star who's going to be a guest on the podcast. He actually reached out to me directly, but I left him a video pitch in the first three, uh, it's three minutes total. So sorry, the first two minutes of it was me giving him basically a testimony that he could use. I paused for a second. I said, in addition, I'd love for you to be a guest on my podcast. If not, use this as a testimonial. You don't need to do anything else, but I'd love to have you. you know, I said more words than that, but basically if he was to cut out the last minute of it, he has a great, he has a great testimonial. testimonial for his website or for anything else that he wants to use. So I added value by doing that, but also added the pitch to the end of it. And that's what actually landed me that guest who has, I don't nearly 10 million followers on, on YouTube. And you know, I'm, I can't imagine how many emails and messages he gets, but what made me stand out is I was willing to make a video for him three minutes of my time and really add that value and stand out among the crowd that was asking him the same question that I was. Okay. Now I, I, I warned you about this. So um, you've just, you've just given me another idea. We were, we were kind of joking about before, before we went to record that um, I've been, uh, that I continue to sing the river as part of my show, that I really appreciate the song and Garth in general. 
and that someday he's probably going to sue me and send me a cease and desist letter. But <laughs> still, I've been trying to get his attention because I would love to get his response to the way I perform his song. I'd also love to get him on the podcast. So while he's been ignoring the videos I recorded that I recorded for everybody, now you have me thinking I need to record a video just for Garth. I so think that is I appreciate that idea. I'll idea. let you know how it works out. Please, please do. Yeah, uh, I'm just checking my new Braille watch to make sure that I'm not abusing your time. Um, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so that's how you got John Lee Dumas, and that's how you were also going to get this uh, YouTube performer that's going to be on your podcast. Yeah, actually a handful of my guests have done that. Probably half of my guests, guests have done yeah. it. All right, that's a very good idea. It's one of those things I had not heard of or thought of before, and it's probably something more and more people are going to be using. Um, I have left audio messages for people through LinkedIn, but I hadn't, hadn't thought about using that as a way to pitch hosts because it, for some reason, just didn't feel right to pitch a host through LinkedIn. But, uh, but that's something I have to think about. Video and audio pitches for people that maybe they're a little bit above the usual guests that you that you get or want to get. So I uh, one last thing, I, you know, you mentioned how well your podcast did, and a lot of that was because of the preparation. What are some of the things you do to promote your podcast, and how well is that going? Yeah, you know, I'm new to the promotional side of things. I really rely heavily on my guests to help out with that. As a lot of them have a little bit more influence than I do to go out there and push the podcast with me. However, when I first launched, I reached out to everyone I know, and I sent them a link. I said, hey, I just launched a podcast. I would love for you to do two things. One, listen to it, and two, share it with somebody you think would find it valuable. And that's how I launched it. It was really organic like that. More recently, I've done my best to start doing a little bit of organic promoting through social media, so really stepped up the game there and things like that. But as far as paid promotion, I just, I, I'm all about testing things. So I'm doing a current, currently doing a demo with that right now to kind of test the waters on that. And um, so far it, it's okay. But at the end of the day, man, for me, it's, it's about adding that value. And if the right tribe is there, great. I believe it'll grow organically. People will share it if it's helping them out. And uh, that's where, kind of what I'm believing for right there. And it's always great to say it at the end of the episode, I always say, you know, thanks for subscribing. Thanks for sharing and for leaving five-star re- ratings and reviews. And um, that type of thing helps a little bit as well. But for me, it's been mostly organic, which is the way that I tend to do it. You know, you might ask me in six months from now when I hit a year and I might have something different to tell you. But uh, at the six month mark, this is where I'm at. I'm I'm focused on organic and uh, just do my best there. And for me, my time is, as you know, I is mostly spent in the community. That's where I spend the mass majority of my time, Um, you know, not trying to just get the podcast to have bigger reach and more people. It's more about helping the tribe that I currently have that I've been blessed with today. Yeah, I think it's good that um, while you're generally working to help us, you give us an opportunity to to help you a little bit with the podcast. Um, and where do you stand as far as uh, as far as subscribers? I mean, you've talked about how the, how how being in a number society sometimes causes us problems. Uh, you feel like you always have to uh, to send out those emails and ask people to listen and 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 share, or do you think there comes a point where you have enough subscribers or enough followers on your, on your blog or members of the community where you won't have to do that. Yeah. You know, I hope to reach that point at some point, you know, at some level where it's, it's no longer needing that. Cause at some point, um, fandom takes place. Right. And that's, that's what I'm all believing for. You add as much value as you can. At some point it comes so valuable. People can't help but share it. So a perfect example of that recently I had a friend, um, a friend of my wife, she came over and she was talking about how we had to get an Instapot, like just had to get one. She gave us a hundred reasons why, 
and like why we had to have it. Here was the brand that she got. Here's everything about it. You're like, you, you got to go get this one. This is what, what you need. What the heck is it? It's like a, you know, I'm not the kitchen guy. I should get my wife. Um, <laughs> it's, it's like a fast, I'm going to get this way wrong. Somebody who's listening is going to correct us both. But from what I understand is like a fast, um, what's the slow one called? The one that cooks things slowly. Man, you really caught me off guard with this question, Max. This is way out of my wheelhouse. <laughs> All right. Okay. So it's a kitchen gadget. Neither one of us yeah. know what it is, but she was telling you have to absolutely have to have one. Yes, you have to have one. It cooks food faster than anything else. Um, anyway, here's the deal. She is not a paid endorser. She gets no benefit from sharing that at all. She was sharing it because her experience with getting that product was so good. She got it. And she said it came in the mail, came quality packed. It was super nice. It was easy to use. The second she plugged it in, it looks great on her kitchen uh, counter. All this, she was just raving about it. And that's the thing. If you can create fandom around what you're doing, then you don't have to market or sell anymore because the people that love it will will do it for you. And on top of that, if I'm a Facebook ad, let's just put it like an advertisement right now. And I was talking about this Instapot thing. My wife would have just scrolled right past it. But one of her friends as influencer life said, you need one. Guess what? My wife is now like, I need one of those. That's more powerful than any marketing or sales you will ever be able to do. And that's come, that's when you create something so powerful that people can't ignore it and they want to be part of it. So that is the hope for my podcast in the future that people say it is so good that you can't afford to miss it and they go tell all their friends about it. All right. Well, I've really enjoyed getting to sit down and talk with you again. Uh, I look forward to seeing you again at PodFest in, in a few weeks here. Um, is there one thing you is there one thing you would like to to leave people with uh, here at the end to to that they can take with them as they go out into their week um, and and hopefully start to take some action maybe start to press those send buttons. Yeah, for sure. You know, talking about sending those, pushing that send button. Finally, I'll use a quote that I love, and it's it's this: it's that the best time to plant a tree is 25 years ago. The second best time is today. The best time to plant a tree is 25 years ago. The second best time is today. Here's the deal. If I could have started my podcast and all this 10 years ago when podcasting was first really coming on the scene, I'd be huge by now. Absolutely <laughs> huge by now. If you would have pressed publish two years ago, three years ago, it would have helped a lot. But here's the deal. Let's not look back. Today is a new day. Today is the second best time to start something. Obviously, 25 years ago would have been ideal, but today is the second best time. Don't look back. Press end today. Get started with where you're at. And man, that's the way to do it. That's how you're going to really propel your life forward is just saying, you know what, I maybe should have done this a while ago, or maybe I should have, you know, not taken so long playing. I should have just gone for it. If you can do it today, it's really going to help you a lot in the future. Cause that's how you build the futures based off what you're doing today. Well, I really appreciate that. And I, and also very thankful that you've had the time to come on and, and share some of your wisdom with my listeners and viewers. Absolutely, Max. Like I said, this is a highlight of my week, man. I was so excited to be on your podcast today, man. I love yeah. this. Yeah, I got to put that out somewhere. After talking with John Lee Dumas, Alex Sanfilippo says, speaking to Max Ivey was the highlight of his week. Okay, I'm going to write that down. Well, somewhere. he's going to email me cussing me out after that. So <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I just don't think we could we connect in the same circles. Although, who knows, it might be a way that we do connect if I can find him on LinkedIn or Twitter or something. <laughs> for sure yeah, but max i, I, I wouldn't do that to you i appreciate my guests too much to do that now i would let i would let one of my friends do it for me but i wouldn't do that to you personally <laughs> thanks uh, hey if you want to go for it i think it'd be awesome <laughs> right. you think i'd have you think we'd have fun with him huh for sure absolutely all right well i sure do appreciate it and i really appreciate your friendship and uh the community and i can't wait to see where where this leads for you in the future thanks again max appreciate you having me
Okay, so if there's, we had another great interview conversation this time with Alex Sanfilippo from creatingabrand.com. And I would say if there's one thing we learned from him that, that really runs through everything he said, it was add value. Uh, help the other person solve their problems, answer their questions, uh, give them ideas and suggestions, help them promote the work that they're doing, add value. Think of what you can do for the other person or the other company that's the best way to, to meet, to make connections, to lead to opportunities. And it's also the best way to grow a brand. And, and that's, that's what he was sharing with me today. And I personally believe it's a great way to do it. I, I got started as far as promoting my blog originally doing uh, commenting on other people's blogs and then sharing their posts on social media. So a lot of people really stress over getting quality comments or getting comments at all. And then, of course, people like to see that their work is being shared on Twitter and Facebook and LinkedIn. So that was my first experience with providing value to other people. Uh, I like to try to do that as best I can when I go on somebody else's podcast or when I invite them on my show. And just look at some of the things that have happened for Alex as a result of adding value. And his community is a really a great, uh, friendly, safe a supportive community. It does cost a small fee per month to join, but I have made some very good connections in there and received quite a bit of, of advice and information since I've been a member. And his podcast is a really cool podcast, Creating a Brand. And it isn't, while it may be mostly business people, entrepreneurs and business experts, they share a lot of, uh, of life learning the type of advice that can be applied to any aspect of your life as long as you have your mind and heart open to listening. So I definitely encourage you to visit creatingabrand.com. Uh, as for me, I am still um, helping people get booked on podcasts and radio shows, also connecting them with the publishers of online magazines, creators of virtual summits, and even reaching out for some people to agents and publishers for their book. So I do a lot as far as connecting people with opportunities to grow their passion. I, I love working with creative entrepreneurs, especially authors, musicians, filmmakers, when they're in those early stages, still finding their way, still trying to get attention for their work, even still trying to figure out what their voice is to a certain extent. If you want to hire me, you can go to theblindblogger.net and click on the clients page or the online publicity page, and you can see what I charge, how I do it, and what you can expect in return if you hire me. And I'm also available for public speaking. I'm looking to share my hilarious life experiences and the lessons people can take from those. And as far as hiring me, you can either we can either discuss an actual fee or you can do like some others have done, and you can provide my, my, my living and traveling expenses, such as plane or train fare, uh, place to stay, food, transportation around your city, those sorts of, you know, basic minimum needs. And if you are interested, like I say, just go to theblindblogger.net or use my email, just ask at theblindblogger.net. Please do check out my sponsors, createmyvoice.com and needleshop.com. Um, and if you want to consider sponsoring the podcast, we can talk about that too. 
So until next time, I really do appreciate your continued support. I look forward to hearing how I may be able to help you in the future. And please do share, rate, and review. So until next time, thank you and take care out there. I am the blind blogger, Max Ivy. Too many times we stand aside and let the water slip away. Till what we put off to tomorrow has finally come today. So don't stand upon the shoreline and say you're satisfied. Choose to chance the rapids and dare to dance the tide.